three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple, and this is your humble host, Hunter, here. I've got a full season review for Bel Air, which is starring uh, newcomer Jabari Banks, who plays uh, this version of Will Smith. Um, This is also produced by Will Smith. Um, So, if you listened, I reviewed uh, episodes one through three of Bel Air, so I, I won't go too much into uh, into that. But long story short, Will uh, Jabari Banks, he is you know of course from West Philly. Um, he uh, he and his friend Trey, they play basketball. Will is portrayed here as a uh, much more intelligent um, than he was in the original Fresh Prince. He has, you know, scholarship offers uh, for him playing basketball. That's already that's already locked down. He's already guaranteed to go to college. His mom, um, you know, is on his uh, his mom Vi. Uh, you know, it, all all the setup for the most part is exactly the same as is in the original show. But you know, the the one little fight as the uh, as the song uh, as the song the original show goes. Is more than a little fight here. Will goes ahead, pulls a gun on some uh, gangbangers. He is sent to jail. Uh, Uncle Phil, who is played uh, by Adrian Holmes uh, in this reimagining, um, you probably know him from Elysium or Skyscraper. I recognize him from Skyscraper. But he goes ahead, pulls some strings, gets Will out of jail, and then we have the new setup. So, okay. As I mentioned, I thought episodes one through three were just, were fucking terrible. Like I was, I was really irritated. I, I was very peeved. But credit where it's due, because I always say fair is fair on the show. Um, the one thing I will say, the back half is better than the first three episodes. I can at least give the show that. But the big issue is the the, the writing on this fucking show. They need to change writers because, goddamn, th- this writing is just, t- to be quite blunt, blunt, it's really fucking atrocious at points. And it takes a show that already has an upward climb in general when it comes to its audience. Because, let's call it what it is, Hollywood is, you know, Hollywood are a bunch of whores for IPs. It doesn't matter what the IP is, if it's something that audiences are somewhat familiar with. They will go ahead and try to reimagine it or respin it or make money off it because, again, Hollywood. But the thing about this show that's really um, upsetting is that there are these moments. There are these moments where the show, it feels like, oh, my God, maybe it's pulling its head out of its ass. But then again, it, it just almost continues to shoot itself in the foot over and over again. So I'm just going to kind of go through each character here. Uh, Jabari Banks is Will. Will is is written so inconsistently because there are these points where um, 
and it's actually one of the better episodes, actually maybe the best episode start to finish. Um, the, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, no one, uh, no one wins when the family feuds. Uh, it's, uh, two episodes before the finale. That's an episode where, uh, Will's mom comes and visits and you find out why her and, uh, Cassandra Freeman's, uh, Vivian have been arguing and kind of had this sibling rivalry. And once you find out why Vi is so pissed at Vivian, it's one of those things you go, huh, okay, that's, that's fair. I, I'd be pissed off about that too. Um, I will say, and I'm going to kind of just go down the line here, uh, Cassandra Freeman, uh, playing Vivian Banks, uh, first off, fucking gorgeous. Oh my goodness. Um, but her and Coco Jones's Hillary also gorgeous. Oh my God. Their relationship kind of bickering is my favorite is probably my favorite uh, relationship in the entire show because Hillary is very much kind of being the forward thinking. Like I want to establish my brand. I don't want to just be, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a piece of ass. And there's this whole subplot with her and this really sleazy looking uh, content creator uh, or content. Uh, I would just, I guess would say like overseer. Um, he just, he looks like a, he looks like the, a lost, uh, he looks like the lost brother of Logan Paul and Jake Paul. He just screams douchebag and, and just rapey vibes. Like the moment I saw him, I went, okay, what's this guy's deal? Clearly he's up to no good. And there's a subplot, uh, by the way, spoilers in case it wasn't obvious, but I, I do appreciate the way that storyline is played out because, and <laughs> it's actually rather ironic because when you think about the Oscars and I won't go off about this, or I talked about the Oscars, but, and the slap, but when you think about the fact that Hillary very easily, very easily could have just gone up uh, and and really pulled an old Hillary, been like, Daddy, I need this much money. Get me on my contract. And no, she doesn't do that. She actually figures out a solution to get out of that situation by herself. And it was something I went, oh, that's that's surprising. OK. And I and I have to give the show credit for actually finding a way um to uh to to make that work and to kind of wrap up that storyline um and again it, it really shows hillary as her own person and for the most part overall she's probably the best developed character i mean at least consistently i would say um i really love coco uh, jones's performance um but then here's where you know we get into the whole kind of yin and yang aspect then I go ahead and get to uh, Akira uh, Akbar, who plays Ashley. And Ashley is in the first five episodes for maybe, maybe 10 minutes of screen time. Like, she's not on the show really at all for the first half. She is in the show more in the back half. But the real big issue is we barely know where Ashley goes to school. We don't even really know what she likes or what her interests are, what she's building towards or what she's interested in or the only thing that they the show really does with her is oh she might be bisexual which i just went fuck that's a lazy way to introduce this element i i mean obviously if you listen to the podcast 
you know I want more LGBTQ representation, but don't just throw it in like this and don't do anything with it because she has one she has one uh, conversation with Hillary about it and because the show is very <laughs> it's very predictable and very cliche uh this girl uh, this friend of hers who's a girl she has a crush on her and as soon as they started talking went, oh she's gonna have a crush on will and that's exactly what it is her friend goes can i just she's like i have a crush on someone can i tell you who it is and ashley's like yeah she goes your cousin will is so hot like his fucking drip his swagger i'm like oh god of course you would do this and it's just such a nothing plot line that i would not be surprised if they dropped that shit next season uh because it's already been renewed for a season two and the thing is, if you're going to commit to that storyline, go ahead and actually develop it. I mean, yes, they could develop it more in season two, but just the way they kind of shoehorn, uh, shoehorn it in here, I just went, that's fucking lazy. Why even introduce this? Fine, whatever. It, it, it is really frustrating, though. Um, Alia uh, uh, Shulatin, who plays Carlton, um, I mentioned in the first three episodes that Carlton's a fucking supervillain. He is fucking mean and evil and jealous. Uh, he almost he almost drowns Will in episode one because he sees him kissing his ex, uh, Lisa, uh, who's played by uh, uh, Simone Joy Jones. And here's what I'll say. Why? Why does Lisa have to be Carlton's ex? It's just another dramatic element that doesn't need to be here because of course we have to have the love triangle there's no reason for this to be a love triangle and here's something that as a dude i just roll my eyes because the show really doesn't call will out on this so i i want to say it's episode six or episode seven doesn't really matter but uh lisa and will have this conversation and Lisa straight up asks him, you know, why, you know, why did you move out here? Of course, you know, Will doesn't go, well, you know, I, I, I had a, I had a gun and so my uncle, you know, sprung me. Like, he doesn't say that shit. He just goes, you know, I was looking for a better education. Flat out lies to her. And right after he says that, she kisses him and she ends up sleeping with him. So here's my big issue. Earlier in that same episode, uh, um, Lisa confides in Will about the fact that her and Carlton were talking and Carlton, you know, basically they had an emotional moment and Carlton went for the kiss and Lisa's like, uh, no, dude. And so she talks about the fact that she felt, she feels like Carlton emotionally manipulates her to get close to her. And for then, so then for Will to turn around and lie to her and sleep with her when not being honest with her. Like, here's the thing. Lisa's dad uh, is running for uh, is running for a district attorney, as is Uncle Phil. I understand that that's something that if you're Will, you just may not be at that point where you can trust her enough ugh, pardon me, uh, to drop <coughs> something of that magnitude. But at the same time, then, don't do exactly what she said that she feels like is being done to her. Don't emotionally manipulate her and sleep with her. And when she brings that up, I want to say in the finale, Will just kind of goes like, but I love you. And I went, dude, that's not the fucking point. Like, you need to fucking apologize for what you did. And the show just really just moves 
right past it. I was like, oh, that's that's really gross. And I hate that the show just kind of goes, eh, whatever. Um, yeah, really don't really did not like that. Uh, Jimmy, uh, uh, Jimmy uh, Akimbola plays Jeffrey. And this is actually my second favorite uh, relationship in the show because Jeffrey and Uncle Phil, they're a lot closer at this uh during this representation, this representation, this reimagining, uh, Jeffrey is kind of running the house. He's more of like Uncle Phil's fixer. He really is his right hand, right hand man. And oh, me. whether it's you know Uncle Phil's boxing or practicing boxing, getting a workout, or they're just sitting over, you know, sitting in his lounge room or in his office having a glass of whiskey, talking about you know. Uncle Phil running for DA. Jeffrey really is at the heart of everything, and it feels, and he does feel more important in this version of the show. And he does have, he does have some swagger to him that I went, okay. And in what is probably my favorite scene of the whole show, I want to say it's episode nine. Um, Uncle Phil fires, fires Jeffrey, and. It's because Jeffrey just goes ahead and lays out what Uncle Phil's uh, problems are. He talks about the fact that, you know, Vivian uh, sacrificed her art career, which when you see her art, eh, but she sacrificed an art career uh, because, you know, she wanted to be because uh, Phil really kind of pushed the, you know, stay at home mom narrative. Uh, Carlton isn't able to breathe and be his own man because he's so concerned about living up to what his father wants. And Jeffrey lays all this shit out knowing he's going to be fired, but is hoping that he can go ahead and be, you know, at least make things better for the kids, even though he's going to be fired. It's a really selfless scene, and it really, it, it, it's really shockingly heartbreaking. I was like, wow, okay. Um, what The big overarching narrative, the big overarching mystery is about uh will's dad they introduced that shit already which i went this is like season three season four of the original show it seems very early to bring this in and the thing is this is where will's emotional intelligence really just makes me roll my eyes because will can tell his mom to go ahead oh my gosh i cannot, I cannot stop yawning oh i'm sorry um <clears throat> will can Will can have these incredible observations about his mom and Vivian and about how, you know, this blood feud really needs to stop, even though there were some some deep scars that were left. He can do that in one scene, but then doesn't understand why Uncle Phil and the family were like, we didn't want you known about your dad because he's a, you know, he's a, you know, he's a drug dealer, uh, technically might be a murderer you know, didn't reach out to you for 13 years. Like, yeah, we wanted to keep you away from him. And it, it's especially in the in the finale where Will goes ahead and packs a bag and like runs away. Like, you're not my family. You were never there for me. It's like, dude, they saved you from fucking prison. You fucking asshole. <laughs> it's one of those things where the show, it feels like it's just creating drama for the sake of creating drama. There really is no rhythm to the show, which is what's frustrating, because you can take something like, hey, Carlton has a drug problem. Okay, he, you know, he flips it, or, you know, 
is able to kind of move past it, which again is done very quickly. But well, okay, he can he can move past his drug problem, but it never really feels like the end result of some of these plot lines is earned. There's a whole uh, I mentioned it in the in, in the first episode where where Will walks into the Bel Air locker room. And Carlton is there dancing with, uh, I, I think, his white friend. I think it's Connor. Uh, he's dancing with him and a bunch of the other white, you know, a bunch of other white guys on the lacrosse team. And they're and they're rapping, and they're dropping the heart. They're dropping the N word, and Will freaks out, rightfully so. And Carlton's like, "No, no, like you need to calm down, Will." And so it's when Carlton makes this this flip to breaking Connor's arm because he says something racist, I went, that I'm not celebrating this because this is literally what you're talking about with the Oscars. Like, yeah, you can't just slap people because they say something that you don't agree with. And again, Carlton breaks his fucking arm. And then that's a whole subplot of where's Carlton's, you know, where, where's his social standing in the school? You know, he hasn't been black enough and going to these meetings. Like, it, it turns into a whole... Into a whole thing, and oh, pardon me. <laughs> and as I mentioned, um, Carlton tried to kill Will. He tried to drown him, and Will just brushes that shit aside. Carlton just goes like, "Man, dude, I'm sorry. You know, I just haven't been in my my head. And, you know, you show up and da da da, and I was jealous. And Will's just like, "Oh man, it's all good, man. Water under the bridge." I'm like, Wait, "What, really?" <laughs> just brushes it aside like it's nothing but then with his homie with his homie trey who comes to visit from philly the one that he held the gun up for the one who actually it was actually his gun uh that night at the uh, basketball court what's insane is that they have one argument and they've known each other seem like since they were kids so at least a decade and it just takes this one fight between the two of them where he calls Will a sellout and, you know, calls him a pussy. And that's it. He just goes like, oh, man, I guess we're done. I went, so you're going to give him no grace. But but Carlton, who almost drowned you, like, it, it just, it, it's maddening. And, and the show is so inconsistent in, in in ways like that and it's done like that consistently uh there's a whole subplot with um with vivian where she's getting back into the art world and uh what oh what's the what's the brother what's the brother's name um um uh, michael ely you know you, you you know him from you know the intruder about last night the perfect guy uh the classic film uh fatal but He's brought in as a light-skinned black guy because, of course, we can't have two dark-skinned black guys vying for Hillary, uh, for Vivian's love. No, no, no. One of them has to be evil and light-skinned. It's very Tower Perry-ish, and I just, I, I just rolled my eyes because he is very clearly trying, like he's he's helping her, but in the way that there's the end game of oh yeah cool I, I you know I get the fuck you right like it, it's it's not sincere helping, and Uncle Phil clearly recognizes that, but it leads to a scene where Uncle Phil and Vivian have this conversation in a hotel room, you know, and she talks about how you know I needed you, you know, ten or so years ago to you know to appreciate my art and to you know support me and to 
you know, be behind me. And, and Uncle Phil, like, I mean, he sits there and listens to everything that she has to say. Credit to Uncle Phil. He actually has this retort about how, you know, her art was breaking her because she was putting so much pressure on herself. And you go, yeah, that's a thing artists do. So it's, it's one of these, these scenes where I really did have to stop and go, huh, okay, that's actually a really well done scene. And it the show brings up some good points. But the problem is, like, it, the, the journey to get there is usually so muddled or just non-existent that even when you get to something that you like, it's like, well, this hasn't been earned at all. Uncle Phil's given Will speeches about, you know, you're your own man, you can do this. Like, episode two. And I'm like, you barely know him. And so the show trying to play off, play these moments off like they're incredible moments. It's like, yeah, if you would develop these characters more, I would care more. But I, you're not going to let me care more because you don't even care. Um, trying to think of what else. Um, oh, yeah, Jazz, played by Jordan L. Jones. Him and Hillary um, have already slept together, which, you know, hey, that's already better than the original show. Um, jazz is really cool. I, I I really like Jazz. Him and Hillary seem like they're, uh, him and Hillary are getting closer. Him and Will are getting closer. The, the season actually ends with Jazz, you know, dropping some knowledge and really saying everything that a, a person of color needs to hear, where just because you're from you know, insert city here, doesn't mean you're beholden to that place. You can leave, you can move on, you can excel. Like, just don't forget where you come from. And it's one of those things where I went, that's a really poignant message that, again, I wish was just delivered better as far as how we we got there. Um, that's really frustrating because, again, it is something where I just go, Damn it. If if the writing was better on this show, it could maybe be a force, but because it's written as poorly as it is, it's just it feels like it'll never you know, I'm the, eh, never never say never, never mind. Um where it feels like its potential will always be capped because of the writing on this show, which sucks. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh everyone on the cast I appreciate the Banks family actually knows how to dress. Um, you know, yeah, the 90s fashion was cool, but everyone in the Banks family takes genuine pride about um, uh, their parents. Not just because, you know, they're rich or whatever, but being people of color, they really do know how to put outfits together and, and, and showcase their features. And while a small thing, that is something I appreciate it. But at the same time, when I think about all of the all of the pitfalls of the show, whether, again, it's how the LGBTQ representation is handled, uh, whether it's how Will just completely forgives his cousin for almost drowning him, whether it's um, how they bring up some of the issues that are supposed to be, you know, about, uh, you know, about people of color. Uncle Phil Flout says to fund the police and they have the evil white guy and black guy working on his campaign go, well, you sink your campaign. It's never, it never feels like a real conversation. It's just them really damning him until he goes, well, it's my money. Who cares? It, it's, it's really, it's really quite frustrating because I think if you have writers who can really write and speak to black issues and are willing to get uncomfortable, because let's be honest, those issues are uncomfortable to talk about points. I think this could actually have been something that was really good, perhaps. And again, season two, 
there's a world where the writers wake up and go, okay, now we really want to lead to such and such. Uh, Lou, uh, who's played by Marlon Wayans, um, uh, Will's dad, or Will's estranged dad, I do love the way that uh, Vivian checks him as soon as he comes in the house and basically goes, yeah, if you fuck with my, you know, if you fuck my baby, I'll throw your black ass out myself. And Marlon Wayans, like, like credit to him. I don't know if it's his acting, but or just because he always seemed terrible to me. <laughs> but he plays a douchebag really well. Again, not sure if he's acting, but but uh, it's it's one of those things where I sit back and I go, you know, again, if the writing was better. But it just feels like missed opportunity after missed opportunity after missed opportunity. And at some point, and here's the big thing that I we, we have we have to address this. You don't get to call show a show Bel Air and not compare it to the original. And let's be real, no one was asking for this this fucking show. I understand that the uh, you know like the the fan film or the fan trailer, you know did well, you know, it was like an intriguing concept and all that. But at the same time, not every concept needs to be fucking developed. And when you have what, let's call it what it is, a classic in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, one of the things that made that show so great is that because it was a comedy, the dramatic beats hit harder because you're used to kind of this lightheartedness and then it would hit you with, the, you know, that one episode where Will and uh, Carlton are driving uh, Uncle Phil's friend's car you know, and they get pulled over by the cops or, you know, the the episode where uh, Carlton accidentally takes speed or, you know, the one that will get shot. Those mo- those episodes hit harder because of the fact it's a comedy, because this is a drama. Let's call it what it is. There's just really no levity to this. So at a point, the tone just feels just kind of not even engulfing it just feels like it's drowning you um even something like fucking euphoria or the shield fucking has some humor it may be dark humor but it is humor and there's really just not a lot of humor in this show so it really just kind of feels like it's in this gear that really never uh, aspires to go ahead and get out of and it's really quite frustrating so Getting my final thoughts, because I really don't want to talk about the show much more. Again, the back half of this is stronger than the first half. I have to give the show that much. And in regards to the last scene with uh, Marlon Wayans and Jabari Banks, it's frustrating because when you think about the uh, Papa's Got a Brand New Excuse episode from, uh, from the original Fresh Prince, one of the things that made that sh- that episode hit so hard is that you got to see Will, you know, Will and Lou interact and actually have fun together. And you only get a glimpse of that. And it's very quick where they kind of talk about this old memory of Lou taking Will to a Philly uh, to a Sixers game. But that's really it. We don't get to see them actually interact outside of this conversation. So if we, you know, gotten to see them go to the boardwalk or, you know, go out to lunch or something like that, actually make it feel like, hey, you know, Lou might, you know, be here for the long run or for the long, uh, for the long haul. And then he drops that bomb and turns to a piece of shit. It hits a lot harder. But again, the show's just rushing through this shit. So it doesn't it doesn't hit the way it should. And considering that Will 
has been looking for his dad all season, there should be bigger payoff than what we get. It should have been better established. It should have been more dragged out. Honestly, I would have ended the episode with, uh, or in the season with him opening the door and his dad standing there and you see Marlon Wayans and he goes like, he goes, hi son. And you cut it right there. Cause then you could make the first couple episodes of season two, just about that. And it's a great cliffhanger. Um, the cliffhanger here, there's really not a cliffhanger. It's jazz and will standing, you know, at the same cliff day that, uh, jazz drives him by, uh, in the original episode or in the first episode. And, it just feels, it just kind of feels anticlimactic. So there is some great acting here. As I mentioned, uh, Jimmy Akimbola is great. Coco Jones is great. Uh, Simone uh, Joy Jones is great. Um, the acting is actually pretty good. It's just the material that at points is just drowning these great performances. And I can hope that they get better script writers or that they get their shit together, but... If season two is more the same, to be honest, I won't be as kind to the shows I'm going to be right now. I'm going to give this, oh man, because those first three episodes really did piss me off. I'm going to give this a C minus, like, because at the end of the day, can I really recommend this? Not really, but if you've never seen the original show, somehow, if you've never seen the original show, maybe this hits for you, but... For me, this is just something I went, yeah, this is 10 hours. I mean, slightly under, but it's 10 hours. I'm like, eh, I wasted that. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care enough about this show. So, yeah, C minus. Um, hopefully next season's better, but we'll see. But Bel Air, have you seen it? What'd you think of it? You can let us know in the comments. You can like both our pages on Facebook at the real pineapple that's r-e-e-l pineapple and real pineapple games you can check us out most places you listen to podcasts soundcloud apple google podcasts podbean stitcher and iHeartRadio, spotify amazon music and tune up to name a few spots at the real pineapple don't forget to follow yours truly on the twitter at j hunter real pineapple that's r-e-e-l pineapple and you can find me on letter block uh letter boxed uh, at Black Shazam, and on TikTok at Black Shazam 775. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll have more reviews uh, incoming here. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to release this, so uh, I don't know what will be coming up, but there will definitely be more content heading your way soon. Uh, but thank you so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe out there. If you haven't gotten your booster shot yet, please go get your booster. If you haven't gotten your COVID vaccine yet, go do that too. Stay safe out there, everyone, and we will talk to you soon.